Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Space Social Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Crump. I have no personal updates to give except for the weather is so beautiful here in Vegas. It's switched that point of year where it's starting to get hot. It's It was at the point where it was cold and you wondered if it was ever going to get hot again. And now it's hot and you wonder if it'll ever get cold again. So just so beautiful. I'm sitting in my room recording this with the window open because it is seriously just that gorgeous tonight. I did a post last week that performed so well, and I think the reason it performed so well is because many people felt like they could relate to it. So I did a post about what your service provider wishes they could tell you. So I decided to make that a podcast episode because I think that people enjoyed that, and there was a lot of saves and a lot of shares, and I think that the people who saved and shared that are more than likely listening to this. So I want to talk about that. So I know all of you are you know, service-based providers or product-based providers. Obviously, I'm kind of going at this from a service-based provider point of view, but I think that there's going to be a lot of things that product-based providers can also understand. Uh, I know I've had a couple of product-based providers on here who have had different issues. I guess one that I know off the top of my head that a couple of product-based providers came on here and said is that if things aren't shipped in a certain amount of time, people get really annoyed with that and um yeah like they get mean emails or you know that's something hard to deal with I think it's hard to be like the customer like you know that like long old saying of the customer is always right but at the same time it's like respect my business (laughs) so let's talk about the uh post that I did so the first thing I said was please respect our time oh my gosh I know that everyone can relate to this I know everyone has wanted to say that to some sort of client or someone in their network or even maybe like a family member at some point of time in regards to their business. So that was the first one for a reason. I have gone on this journey of setting certain boundaries with clients and I'm on with my newer clients that I'm currently onboarding. There are incredible boundaries and it is makes me the happiest. It makes me work harder for them. Um, I think is like, a service-based provider, when you know that your client like really respects your time, it makes you want to like give them a little extra something, right? Like not all the time, but for sure. Like I definitely like to dedicate a little extra time to clients who are really respectful because I just want what I put out for them to be absolutely perfect. And I'm like happy to do that if I know that they're always respecting me, right? Um, I shared this story on my um on my, on my story, on my Instagram story, I talked about how a year ago I literally had like five meetings set up in the day and they were really important meetings for my business. And I put my son in daycare that day and I like literally centered my whole week around this day. And one by one people either rescheduled or just like didn't show. And it was really hard to be like, want to reschedule those with those clients because I had just spent all that money, not like a ton of money, but like I had just spent money to put my son in daycare. I had just missed him all day. I had just like moved and shifted things around this day. And like, that just really sucked. And I think that a lot of us have had an experience like that or have felt like people are not respecting the time and it really sucks. It's hard and it makes it hard to work for people. The best way that I have combated 
helping people want to respect my time if I feel like they haven't is honestly setting boundaries. It's not answering texts at certain times. It's turning on my do not disturb whenever I want to. It's, I don't know, it's just setting those boundaries that make it easier for me to be a better person. (laughs) Like, so I think just figuring out what those boundaries are and setting them is great. I want to say something else before I wrap up this session because I was getting ready to wrap up this session and or this topic and I totally remembered something. So last week I was meeting with he I have I work for a company and I was meeting with one of the team members there who I'd never met before. So we're like on the same like I guess peer level kind of but I'm a contractor, right? So um I set up three meetings with this guy and like something after another kept happening and I was getting really annoyed and like I, we originally had a meeting set up for Friday and I think I've told you all in the past, I do not take meetings on Friday. The only thing I do on Fridays is the Elevate Entrepreneur Collective. If I, I do that once a month and beyond that, unless it's really important, I do not take meetings on Fridays. I do not like to do it. That is the weekend to me. I kind of just save that day for like half of it for admin tasks and then I'm off to my weekend. Um, Anyways, so I had a meeting set up for Friday with this guy. He ditched it, and I was so pissed off. Well, he didn't ditch it, right? He, like, something happened. He didn't come. He asked me if I could do it later in the day when I already had a commitment, and I wasn't going to bail on a commitment for somebody who had bailed on me. Like, I wasn't going to make it my problem. So I set up another meeting, and that one didn't work, too. So we finally set up a third meeting, And I was kind of trying to decide how to go into this meeting. If I was going to be like, hey, like you kind of like ditched me a couple times, you know, I would have said it very kindly, like, like, what's up? But I decided to go into it just giving this person the benefit of the doubt because I had never met them. I didn't know them with these other clients I had talked about earlier. None of them are my clients anymore, but I did know them and it did feel disrespectful, but I didn't know this person. So I decided to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, we got on this call and they immediately brought up how sorry they were. And I was like, hey, like I gave you in my mind and I said to them like I gave you the benefit of the doubt I know things happen and honestly the relation like the working relationship I've developed with this person for doing that has been extremely beneficial to me and helping me do my job better for this company so you know what I'm saying like you need to decipher some people are not respecting your time and you do need to set boundaries and like I said none of those people are my clients anymore because they didn't respect boundaries and they were very hard to deal with (laughs) but um you know some people are human and especially with COVID and I know that's you know in some places that still is like I don't want to say that it's still going on because obviously it's still going on but like I think there's like more regulations with like childcare, et cetera, et cetera. You get it. So we have to give people the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, it was your instinct, but I wanted to share that before I wrapped up this story because I think that that is an important point. Number two, we are confident in our pricing. And I know that product-based providers and service-based providers are both going to relate to this. But when I quote somebody and they start giving me the runaround or is there any way or can we do it this, like, no. The answer is no. <laughs> um, I know that there are probably times that you have not felt confident in your pricing. So, you know, feel, you can feel like that now. This is like a safe space. But when you're talking to clients or customers, you do need to be confident about your pricing. Um, 
I, I had a client who I, one day, oh my gosh, this was, this is like such an embarrassing story, but one day I wasn't feeling confident. I was feeling imposter syndrome and I had an onboarding call. And the way I felt that day, I quoted this person for half of my packet, half of my package, half. And they were so hard. Like it was such a hard lesson to learn. So be confident. Um, a lot of the times with my clients who, you know, pay me more, it's easier to do more for them because they're paying me and it makes me want to do above and beyond versus the clients who don't pay me as more, who are a little bit harder to deal with, right? Like kind of like the first point I said, but when people kind of question your prices, it feels hard. It feels like you're second guessing yourself. It feels like they don't trust you. Um, I heard this advice once that you need to make your client feel worth your price and not that you're worth your price. You need to make your client feel worth your price. So if you have a a product or a service that's, you know, a couple thousand dollars, make sure your client feels like they're worth a couple thousand dollars a month, right? So that obviously happens in the discovery call. But anyways, yes, back on track. We are confident in our pricing. And if someone isn't confident in your pricing and they are giving you the run around, please learn from my mistake. Like do not take them as a client. It's not worth it. I mean, I understand in the beginning, you know, when you're trying to make money, it's, it is what it is. And if that is what it is and you do have to take a client like that, I get it, but be looking for another client because that's going to be hard and they're never worth it. (laughs) They're never worth it. The next thing, number three, that I think service-based providers or business owners in general would say to their client is we love what we do for you. I would, I love telling my clients, like, I love what I do for you. I love your business. Like I'm passionate about all of my clients' businesses. Like that's why you have niches. Like I love working with women and the women-based businesses. And I have quite a few photographer clients, wedding photographer clients, because I love that. Like I love every one of my clients' businesses. It's very, they're very cool. They're doing, they're serving their community. Like it's things that I believe in. And like, I just would say thank you for hiring us and for letting us be a part of this and for trusting us. That's, I think something, I think a lot of us would say to our audience, you know, we all have these beautiful communities. I know a lot of the people who listen to this do have, you know, decent sized communities that are very loyal and you know, take the opportunity to thank your community on social media sometimes, because I think we all like to be shown appreciation and showing appreciation for people who buy from you and who allow you to live this dream is where it's at. Number four is so awkward, but I don't want to talk about my other clients with you. I have had clients ask about other clients and they ask like, I don't know, just questions that I'm not comfortable asking, like, or answering. Um, you know, and on top of this, by the way, the way that I've combated it is in, in my, obviously like this is, I'm sure part of everyone's contract, but in my contracts, I say like, I'm not allowed to really talk about you outside of it. And we kind of like list out, you know, how I can, and can't talk about them. And because of the way it's listed in the contract, if somebody has asked me, I've been like, oh, you know what? Like that person kind of has that same contract because obviously all of my clients have basically the same contract, except I tweak it for as I, as I need. Um, but you know, I say, you know, that, that section's in their contract too. And I'm, I'm really not allowed to talk about it. Um, and it's an easy way to be like, Hey, like, you know, I respect you. Like, I'm sure you wouldn't want me talking about your business to another client. So like, I'm not going to do it to them. Like, you know, it's just obvious. So, um, 
Speaking of contracts, I know this is like a tad off topic and I've got a tad off topic on every single one. I have added boundaries into contracts now. So if someone is working with me, I say like, I will respond between this time. You can reach out to me during this time. I mean, obviously they can reach out whatever time they want. I'm just not going to get back to them. But having it in my contracts, plain and simple, is so nice because then it's like, hey, you signed and agreed to this. And it kind of just, like, gets that in their mind. Because especially small business owners, right? Like, we definitely read... Oh, my gosh. I hope you all read over your contracts if you're signing them pretty well. Um, You know, read over your contracts. But it really is a good way to enforce those boundaries a little bit more. So tip there if you're struggling with boundary setting. I think we're on number five. And number five is we know what we are doing. I know that you've had clients that are more micromanaging than other clients. And I know that the clients who let you kind of have free reign and let you do what you're good at doing, that you do better for them. And it's because they hired you for their expertise. So, um, yeah, I know you've had a client that's micromanaging. I know that it, for whatever reason or another, it probably wasn't or doesn't feel currently successful. Um, and that's because they're not trusting you to do what they do. So, um, how to combat that, right? I'd say probably, hopefully in the discovery call, you can kind of gauge by the type of questions they're asking or not, if they're going to be like a smother client. Again, not a client I'd really suggest on taking on. Don't even refer them to your clientele or to your network. There was one, oh my gosh, should I tell you? There was one person who I met with who I was like, I could never, ever, 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 ever take you as a client. And I let them know in one way or another, that I couldn't take them on. And they asked me if I had anyone that I could suggest. And I went to suggest and I was like, why in the world would I suggest this person to anyone I work with? Like first, what second I was like, oh yeah, like I could suggest it to this person. That'd be so great to like help their business. And I was like, but if I wouldn't take them, why would I suggest them to like a friend? Right? Like obviously. Um, (laughs) But another thing, you know, another reason I feel confident in my pricing of my packages is because of this. I do know what I'm doing. I'm constantly growing. I'm investing my money and my business's money into learning, into my employee. I have an employee. I think you guys know I've had a VA for almost a year. Um, you know, I invest into things to make their experience the best and it works. Like I, I actually was telling my husband, the things I've learned between October and now are so crazy. Like it's been really cool to learn a lot and grow, but that's because I'm paying for it and putting in the time. And that's what people are paying me for. And that's why I'm upgrading my packages. Like my packages are more expensive because of that now. So we know what we're doing. I'm sure you want to tell your client that, but you know, here's the safe space that you can say that now. So those are the five things that I think everyone would like to say their client. I did try and touch on it quickly. Um, but I think just like knowing that there are other people who feel the way you do, who are having your same experiences, you know, in a lot of ways we are very special, but in a lot of ways our problems, we all have the same problems. So I do this, I did this episode because I want you to not feel alone. I want you to know that your, your problems are things other people are going for. There is a community, um, Speaking of community, I would love to talk about the Elevate Entrepreneur Collective for a second. So this group has absolutely blossomed last month. We opened, I'm, I hope I said this on the podcast, we finally have an Instagram, which was suggested by some members, which I loved. 
Um, we have an Instagram. The regulations for COVID have lifted quite a bit in Nevada. And so we've been able to have some some gatherings and like people who want to wear masks totally can. And we totally encourage that, you know, we keep it safe. Like our first outing we did outside because I, that made a couple more people comfortable and we want to respect everybody. So, um, it's been really fun to see the community grow. And we, there was a couple, like a week ago now, I went to an event with one of the other coaches in the community that another one of the coaches, as you know, there's four total coaches, um, we went to support her event together and it was just so cool to see how many people turned up for her and like, just like see how cool the community of Las Vegas is and the Elevate Entrepreneur Collective community. You know, we we're an international community. We have members who are not in the United States, who are not in Las Vegas, and they feel as close to what we do as the people who live here. Anyways, that community has been really magical. If you've considered joining, I think I'm only going to talk about it on my podcast. So as coaches, we decided to only open up open up enrollment. Uh, I think it, we're only doing it six times a year, and this is not the month. So I haven't talked about it at all, like opening enrollment. But if you're from the podcast, I know that you're a loyal, you know, a, you're a loyal one. So uh, if you want to join the Elevate Entrepreneur Collective, it's one ninety nine a month, no contract. You're grandfathered in as the price raises. It is the coolest community. So basically, we meet twice a week, and we have for it's two hours, I think. We also have a mastermind, and he, and when we meet once a week, one of the coaches presents something. You're there with a the group, so it's kind of more discussion, but you're definitely learning. And then on Fridays, we have what's called office hours, where you can come and ask anything. And it's been really cool because the last couple office hours, I've had uh, like fewer people come, which is totally great because it's like Friday. I totally get it. Um, but they've basically got one-on-one coaching with me (laughs) not one-on-one because there were a few people there but we were really able to dive deep into their coaching so if you've wanted coaching with me you enjoy like what we talk about on the podcast and how I present it I think that will be the most affordable option for you to work with me I don't really offer one-on-one coaching um I have in the past it's not my favorite like it's fine (laughs) but I really enjoy group coaching. Um, I loved my personal group coaching and I love this entrepreneur, uh, elevated entrepreneur collective group coaching. I feel like it's so much better, like the best way to learn that I've seen. Like I think the girls who took my group coaching maybe got more out of it because there are you know, a group of entrepreneurs. It's not just my expertise. It's a whole group of people's expertise. And it's just like such a magical community. Anyways, obviously you can tell I love it, but make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Elevate Entrepreneur Collective. And link is in my bio to sign up for it. I would love, love, love to see you in there. And I hope you have the most freaking fantastic week. Cannot believe it's March. Cannot believe it's March. Talk to you next week.